This is the Box Gathering Podcast. We take a deeper look into how learning affects boxing development and how our understanding of this as coaches can make a greater impact on performance. Catch up with us at www.theboxgathering.co.uk. The Box Gathering. Connect, share, grow. Hi, everyone. Episode number 66, Pick Up Sticks. Sorry for the uh, radio silence of, of recent times, uh, of late um, had lots and lots and lots and lots on, um, so just a bit of a, a quick one. Um, just been matching a couple of shows recently and, and um, run some shows. So my first one was at the Dice Boxing Academy in Brighton uh, for the England Boxing Dice Scheme, and that was on. Cool. What day did we have that? So the 25th, I think, of, uh, of March we had that, um, and we had seven of the Dice Boxers there competing against boxers from all over the south. Uh, Another fantastic thing about that is not only did we have the seven boxes on, um, although we wanted a lot more, but you know how matching goes, not only did we have that, but we also had graduate boxers um, competing on the show, and we also got future boxers who are enrolling uh, this September, uh, September 2022, on the course. So we kind of had a, a present, past, and future dice boxes show, and it was really uh it was really fantastic to see all the clubs supporting the dice scheme, and, and it was a great show. We had around about 250 people come and support the boxes, so uh, yeah, really brilliant there. And then we had my my show at Eastbourne, um, which was uh, on the 23rd of April. Um, we're matching for that. Um, perhaps not as successful as we'd hoped on that, but we had a lot of newbies coming into the fray uh, there. One thing we are struggling, which I'm going to do a podcast on, probably on the next one, is about coaching and lack of coaches. Um, around the country um, and the effects that COVID's had and the, and the kind of mentality and effect it's had on, on, uh, on people. So uh, I've run around, rung around a few clubs now. I've spoken to several clubs in the Sussex area and they also, they're, they're really struggling at the moment in terms of finding volunteer coaches who want to help and support um, and, uh, and develop boxes in their club. So um, yeah, the lack of coaches is is is, uh, is a real difficult one in terms of boxers getting sparring pads, etc. Anyway, I'll go into that a little bit later, but that's a little bit of what's been going on. Um, also, just come back for two weeks with Dyson in, in um, Tenerife, uh, the two-week training camp that we have there. Uh, absolutely brilliant boxers learning Spanish in the first week, going into schools uh, and teaching boxing in schools to kids from, I think, four years old up to 16 years old. Uh, teaching boxing and games, a really great... Uh, um, eye-opener for them in terms of what coaching really looks like. They used to be on the uh, receiving end of coaching, but now they had to be the coaches uh, and saw some people really develop and flourish under that. Um, anyway, that's that. Just moving on to what I wanted to talk to today. So now I'm just walk, I'm just driving uh, towards Beddingham in Sussex um, and got the Sussex Downs just in front of me here. Beautiful part of the world. Uh, I wanted to talk about um, constra- uh, condition spars versus tech spars. Finding um, some really interesting bits and pieces coming in here now. Now what I'm kind of really doing, I'm really, really moving away from technical spars. Okay, so let's just sort of define those now if we can. So technical spars have really, really, really low variability. So what we mean is we kind of know what the outcome is because both boxers are given a um, a goal to work towards so it could be a certain punch that they're allowed to throw or a certain defense you know a does this and b will do this so you really close down that variability um so you know what the outcome is going to be so an example could be boxer a you're going to throw your jab boxer b you're going to defend it with a 
a block, a rear hand block, maybe a front hand block, depends on the uh, the box in front of you, and then you're going to counter, right? So it's really controlled, um, and it can turn into a bit of a dance where people know the steps and there's no longer engagement, and it often doesn't actually turn into a spar. Now you could argue there, well, you need to make sure that the boxers understand they're trying to spar and they're trying to score because otherwise it does turn into a dance. Um, I find this useful um, for early learning. But when, um, when we move into some more um, complex things, I think what happens is people decide to use a text bar um, as something where you are trying to stabilize the skill. You know, you're taking that variability out or complexity out and you're trying to stabilize it. The only issue there I find that is that it's quite linear in terms of, okay, we want to get this skill from the boxer, which might be, I don't know, the recoil of the shot or... or uh, managing the range a little bit more effectively or just simply getting better at a certain hand defense, trunk defense, foot defense, whatever it might be. So you, you kind of get that side of things. But I understand why people would want to take away that variability and that complexity. But in reality, I think what, I, what I've noticed a lot from coaching sort of all day, every day, is that once you dumb it down to those kind of real small parts of technical, trying to be technically spot on with the shots, it kind of loses a lot of context. And then when you put it into an open spar or a conditioned spar, um, I see a lot of boxers lose that context. They lose that ability to actually execute anymore because that next step up and that kind of linear scale where people are actually trying to score with a lot more intent, there's a lot more variability, i.e. put a few more different shots in, that individualized or isolated skill kind of doesn't work so much anymore. And... I know, I know people listening to that are going to say, well, it, it depends, and of course, everything depends. But I wonder if this linear approach from going from a technical skill, sorry, from a technical spa to a conditioned spa to open spa, maybe isn't as successful as it could be. So do we move to the conditioned spas a lot sooner and then dial up and down that complexity in, in the open spa. So instead of one shot, it's two shots that are allowed now. Or you open up two different target areas. Or you constrain the type of area that you're in. So the place, so that you make the size bigger or smaller. Um, or you're only allowed to punch in certain areas. So there's, there's a billion things. It's, it's pointless me talking about all the different constraints that you can go into now. I mean, there's loads of task, environmental, or person, personal constraints that you can use there. Um, but I just think stripping away that complexity kind of makes it almost a bit null and void from the real scenario that is boxing. So once you take away specificity, then you don't get that transfer of skill. And I'm really, really starting to notice this because this is what I do all day, every day. So it's coaching at the, at the dice boxing scheme, then at my club. You lose that specificity. And I just see this big divorcing or uncoupling of just trying to drill technique into and then suddenly it's into an open spar or a condition spar. It doesn't really go. So what I'm finding is that the more I do condition spars and manipulate the condition spars up and down, depending on the kid in front of me, make it harder or, or slightly easier or less information, then I find that skill transfer is a lot better because you're putting it under pressure. Now, it does take a little bit longer because there's a lot more failure involved. But because the context of them understanding that other shots might come in or the range has got to change or the timing has got to change, all these things Im immediately feel like they're not being successful. But eventually they do start understanding and, and developing very quickly because they get 
that context of why they would throw that shot, when they would show that throw that shot, rather than just how to throw the shot in, a, in an isolated way. So I've noticed that you get a lot more skill adaptation. So boxers are able not just to throw a jab at the right time, but they're able to change the jab to, to go over the lead hand or, or through the guard or change the position of their hand so they're not turning the shot over too early. Maybe the thumb comes up and they're able just to adapt the skill. So I find that conditioned spars offer the boxers a lot more options to adapt the skill rather than double down on a certain technique. Now, of course, for those of you who love technique, technique is important. And there are lots of invariables, they call them, within certain techniques that don't change. Okay, rotation, extension on shots, things like that, they don't change. They have to be part of everything we do. And we shouldn't be really we shouldn't be changing those. But pronation of the shot, turning the shot over, does that have to happen every single time? Or what happens if we're we're pronating a shot, turning a shot over a little bit early, and it's not getting through a tight guard? So why not the thumb up? You know, we're throwing a a jab all the time, and and the the opponent's defending it. Why can't we just raise that elbow, which is usually a no-no, because it gives us a bit more of a... Yeah, so the elbow comes out, so you've got uh, a different angle in the shot. So that's, that's skill adaptation, isn't it? That's people actually being able to land the shot not just because they're completely and utterly constrained by a technique that has no flexibility within it. So, you know, there's technique and there's skill. So being skillful means being able to adapt a certain technique in the right scenario, in the right context, so you can actually land it. So the whole point of throwing a shot, throwing a punch, is to try and land it, not to try and make it technically perfect, and it doesn't land. You know, so you may have heard me say this before, people are knocking on the door, but no one's answering. You know, we'd be able to, you need to be able to actually throw that shot in a way that lands. So we've got to teach people how to land punches, not teach people how to throw punches. There's a, I think there's a subtle difference within that. And if we just constrain people to just throw it one way, then they're not going to understand how to adapt the skill. And I think that's really, really important. So I'm a big, big believer in condition spars because I believe it does allow for boxers to explore and and develop skills that wouldn't happen if it was just technically based all the time. Um, And I'm also a big believer in the constraints-based approach to learning. So um, constraints-based approach to learning basically simply means you're constraining some of the information. Okay, well, that sounds a little bit tarty. Let me break that down a little bit. So basically, we're making sure that you are putting a certain condition on a spar Um, so that you are looking for less information for them to have to deal with. So they're not having to think about 100 things. They have their uh, attention drawn to certain things. And and then because their attention is drawn to only certain areas, it's almost like a a light is shone on certain areas that they can focus on and develop. Okay. I mean, in boxing, it's, it's complete and utter chaos. So it's just open spar, open spar, open spar. It's very difficult for the boxer to put their attention where it needs to be. Uh, so constraints um, allow people to focus on areas that need to be allowed. So whether that's the coach um, putting a certain constraint in that they feel that the boxer needs to uh, focus on. Now, there's two parts to that. So firstly, it can be done that way. So the boxer can actually go, right, brilliant. Brilliant. Um, 
I'm just going to focus on, on this type of defense or skill now because the condition that the coach has put in is helping me to, to do that. Right? But there is something also called um, over-constraining. So if you over-constrain something so much, then what happens is you're only going to get one real outcome. And that can stop the boxer from actually problem solving. So you've constrained so much the condition that only really one outcome might come out of it. So therefore, it's almost like they've not found their way to the answer. So the decision-making process is is closed down. So it almost becomes back to that kind of technical spar again. So that's what I feel technical spars are really kind of over-constrained uh, spars. Which again, like I say, is great for stabilization of skill. Um, for early learners, but for boxers that are uh, much further down the road, um, it tends not to be such a great thing, in, in my in my humble opinion. Okay, so buzzword again, you constrain to afford. So what does that actually mean? Let's put it into into simple context. Constrain, you put a condition into afford. So afford means um, to create opportunities. So here's a condition. It creates opportunities for action. Okay, now. To be able to um, take advantage of those affordances or opportunities, then the boxer needs to actually be able to do that skill. And I remember boxing um, in one or two bouts and, and someone saying to me, you need to step off to the side. I didn't really have that skill. I didn't have that side, that skill to step off to the side and come back with a shot. So although the opportunity and affordance was there for me to step off and hit this kid around his front ha uh, lead hand, because if I would have stepped off and come with my backhand, I didn't really have the skill timing to do that so I didn't have the um, the hardware built in yet to take advantage of that affordance so when it comes to um, constraints based approach or condition sparring one the boxer needs to be able to actually have those the ability to to execute but they also need to have the um, have trained that kind of visual system that perceptual system in their body to be able to recognize the opportunity as well now very low level if they are told this is the shot that i want you to do then you are taking away that decision making process if they are given the opportunity to have a look at different affordances or opportunities to strike from a condition that you'll put in then they are more likely to to come up with a, a wide range of different areas uh, and, and ideas uh, so they can then execute different shots etc so you've not over constrained there you give them just enough constraint there for them to come up with several answers and as you know if people have if they feel like they found the answer themselves then it's more likely to be sticky learning it's more likely to stay in their brain and then for, for them to use and apply that again next time in context so millions of different constraints aren't there you know there's lots of different constraints so you could have the a different task constraints so in boxing you do tend to have lots of different task constraints um, it can be the environment itself so how you change the shape of the ring or who's around the ring who's shouting and screaming you know are you at your own club are you at another club um, all these different bits and pieces and then you also have um, the person as well so do you have someone more experienced southpaw orthodox taller shorter um, all these different things are, are, are three different ways of um, of constraining okay so 
if you were to pick something quite simple, well, let's say, you know, the obvious one that people always go to early on, especially when they look, want to look at someone as jabs only or lead hand only, then you're constraining a massive part of the information within the environment. Again, tarty words, let's, let's bring that down a little bit. So basically, you're making it easier for the boxers to concentrate on what they want to concentrate on. But there's still several options within that, um, within that task. Um, now, if it's just jabs only, then it could be, okay, well, I've still got the upper target and the lower target, but what happens if I move left? What happens if I move right? Um, it depends on the, on what the other person's doing as well. So what shot, what defenses do I use as that person's using their jab as well? So it's in boxing terms, it's quite low level in terms of how much information is there for them to attend to. So they can't, but they're still open enough for them to try different um, approaches to being successful but like I say there's no point me now talking about this is a constraint this is constraint because I really do feel if you actually just go around that triangle of environment task um, and person then you can come up with lots of different um, constraints but that constraint needs to be um, where that boxer needs to work on Okay, and the coach can help with that, but I also think that the boxer can as well. So agreeing those constraints is a really important thing. So something I've been doing recently uh, in the DICE program is I've randomly wrote about 20 different constraints on the board. To start the session, we'll be doing short rounds, about 45 seconds on that constraint, um, and then asking the boxers what kind of skills are emerging. And I've been looking at them and seeing what kind of skills are emerging or, or what kind of answers they had to the constraint and what affordances or opportunities for action they were seeing, right? But then as we went on, we then start saying, okay, so you two, what conditions do you need to work with that is going to develop you? So they'll say, well, this one and this one I found quite troublesome, but I need to do that because I'm not really good with my trunk or I'm not great with my feet or, uh, or this certain range. So they, they choose that condition. And the condition is always powered down because obviously with conditioned spars, you've got several spars going on and you want to make sure that everything's safe because that's the priority. Um, so then, so you might have six or seven different conditioned spars going on where they've selected their own conditions. Now, the way I, why I feel that's such a good thing is, let's say we have all these boxes in a room and we've all been there where you say, okay, the condition is lead hands only. The conditions is... Lead hand upstairs, rear hand downstairs, or whatever it might be. There's lots of different conditions. Now, you might hit 20% of those people think, do you know what, this is really, really beneficial to me. This is brilliant. Um, but for the eight, other 80%, it's a waste of time. And time is so precious. We need to maximize the time and make it as efficient as possible for every individual boxer. So a good coach is able to individualize, aren't they, and, and, um, and differentiate between what their needs are but it's very, very easy for us just to put one condition on everyone and say, right, here's our theme. Let's all go away and do that theme. But people aren't engaging because it's not really, uh, they're really good at it already, so they don't need to develop. Um, and they just find it boring and um, not very challenging at all. So simply by asking them, by exposing them to lots of different ones and them choosing, they have to justify their choice as well, of course then they, you're now starting to hit maybe 90% of what they're doing. They might get it wrong thinking, you know, this one's not working for me. Okay, well, let's change that condition. What are your needs? What do we think and what do I think as a coach that you need to develop 
this condition might help shine a light on where you need to be uh, and what technical tactical skill you need to be developing but ultimately they're developing skill all around and we're hitting the needs of those boxes now some of them might choose a condition with not much knowledge as to why they're choosing it that's one of the the pitfalls of this so there needs to be some good questioning so if they're going to say right i'm choosing um, this condition why are you choosing it if they can't justify why they're choosing it then we go back to the drawing board and it could be like okay well i want you to choose this one and then ask them afterwards why do you think i've given you this condition what started happening okay well i started doing this and this okay does that sound like something that you need to work? yeah it does actually so you start slowly bringing them up and, and coaching them towards understanding and being very self-aware about what their needs are so then they can start actually choosing their own condition so ultimately we want people we want boxers don't we that can look after themselves be very independent not wait for the coach to tell them what to do because in the, the day you might have 20 30 people in the gym and one or two coaches three coaches whatever it might be the ratios are never never really good so why can't we have people looking after their own development so if people understand constraints understand how to put good conditions on a spa and the boxers understand that as well then they start taking ownership of their own development um, it makes life a lot easier for you so just for a little bit of work at the start makes your life a lot easier and then you do the parts which are really important to you you set the environment now you can actually observe what's going on much more effectively because the conditions are already set so you can observe and see what behaviors and actions um, come out and you can do your coaching so you can go around and give feedback um, you can go around and, and prod and poke and, and, and make things a little bit different and manipulate where you need to but do it doing it with the boxes so that's something I'm really really focused on now that I'm a, a year into this cohort of new first year boxes passing that baton over to them about okay well what do we need to do here rather than this is a condition that we're you need to do and we're all going to do it and it's not hitting everybody just something I found really engaging in terms of me being a coach as well I found it really really interesting too because I get to understand what their level of knowledge is about their own self-awareness and where they are and what they need to do so there we go so just a little bit about constraining today over constraining perhaps under constraining as well um, and, uh, and, and and empowerment of the boxers and, and a little bit of check learning to see what their knowledge levels are so there we go guys um, hope you've enjoyed that one again sorry for the radio silence been a long time um, but uh, yeah I'll be back very soon and we'll be talking about coaching availability cheers guys bye bye if you liked this podcast similar content and discussions can be found at the box gathering the Box Gathering is a social initiative born out of the ashes of the first lockdown in March 2020. We provide a platform where coaches, boxers, officials and boxing enthusiasts can join together online to discuss various boxing topics. It's free to join and upgrade options offer unlimited access to all our live gatherings, campfire videos and coaching resources. Join today at www.theboxgathering.com dot co dot uk